The Devin Levi era has begun, and it really couldn't have started better. We'll recap Sabres and Rangers, and we'll preview Sabres and Flyers here on Locked on Sabres. Your Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Sneaky Joe DiBiase coming to you on Saturday morning after a incredible performance by the Sabres and, of course, Devin Levi on Friday night against the New York Rangers. His NHL debut went as well as you could have imagined. We'll talk about it here. We'll preview Sabres and Flyers. Also, what Levi's workload might be going forward. And, of course, we'll have some time to talk about what he will uh, mean to next year's picture uh, as we progress. But a lot about last night coming your way on today's show. And then I've got sneaky good bets coming your way later for Sabres and Flyers. Update on the standings. I think we got to bring back the hunt. It's on a little bit. I, I kind of killed it because the Sabres were so far out of the race, seven points. But I do feel like uh, I can bring it back at least in a short spurt here. So at Sneaky Joe Sports, follow me on Twitter, at Lockdown Sabres to follow the podcast account. And as always, if you want to get connected with us, you can either do that on the Lockdown Sabres Twitter account or reach out to us on YouTube in the comment section underneath our videos. We're always scouring that, looking for some good feedback and good questions and takes. But we got to get right into Devin Levi today. Uh, and yes, I am wearing my Levi's hoodie, of course, ripe with uh, with potential sponsorships for Devin Levi. He's got with uh, with Levi's. So lots of gene puns being made on Friday night on Twitter. Um, he was spectacular. I think spectacular is the right word. I don't think that's going too far with it. You know, 32 saves on 34 shots. You've seen better stat lines, of course. You've seen shutouts. You've seen guys. I mean, you had Craig Anderson against the Panthers earlier this season have a 50-plus save uh, game. But Levi, for it being, it being his first NHL game, it being against such a strong opponent in the New York Rangers, a top-five team in the NHL, he did really well. And I've got six individual saves that I want to break down one by one. I think each really shows off a different element of Levi's game. Uh, and maybe this was the first time that certain Sabre fans would have seen him up close and personal uh, for the first time if he didn't watch a lot of Northeastern hockey, which is very possible. Um, so we'll go through those saves one by one before we get into some more on the, the game itself. But our goat head of the night for MVP of the game, of course, is going to go to Devin Levi. Uh, he carried the Sabres through especially in that third period. The Sabres gave up a lot of shots in the third period. If you look at shot attempts per period in this game, the Sabres only allowed nine shot attempts in period one, 18 shot attempts in period two. So they allowed 27 shots, shot attempts at five on five in the first two periods of action. They allowed 27 shot attempts in the third period, exactly as many in the third as they allowed in the first and second. Um, And in overtime, a big save by Levi as well, but I'll break that down coming up in a little bit here. But I, let's go through these Levi saves one by one, and I think it's a good representation of 
all the different traits and skills that he has as a goaltender, even for being a little bit smaller. Let's start in the first period. Chris Kreider of the Rangers coming down on kind of a partial breakaway. Henry Okiharu is pushing him from behind. What does Devin Levi do? Levi, very strong, on the top of his crease. He puts the paddle down on the ice, dares Kreider to lift it over him. And Kreider is not able to, and there's no holes for him to go to. He puts it right into Levi's pad. The athleticism that you saw on display there, he is very strong on his pads, but the the flexibility, of course, that a lot of goalies have, but Levi maybe has as well as anybody or as good as anybody. He just turns that save away from Chris Kreider. And the way he covered his five hole, you know, breakaways like that, I wonder if this is something Levi does all the time or if this was just in this moment. Breakaways, as, as shooters will tend to try to do, they'll go forehand, backhand, try to open up the goalie's five hole, and they'll just slide it in. And it sometimes will look too easy. And if that's the way Levi is going to play it, he takes that away. Because if his paddle is down the way it is, the blocker almost scraping across the ice going side to side, that five hole will never be available to, to the shooter. You'll have to go over the pad. Um, will be your only move, your only thing to do. And as Kreider proved there, that's easier said than done, especially when you have pressure behind you from Yoki Haru, and he was not able to lift it over the pads. That was really the first great save I saw from Devin Levi. The second great save I saw, Capo Kako save with the shoulder. Now this is, this is, it's on the highlight reel, actually on uh, on the Sabres Rangers highlight reel for YouTube. And Kako's coming down the left-hand wall, and he's trying to go over Levi's left shoulder and go top corner, uh, opposite side. And Levi just, I mean, doesn't go down right away. He's very good with his timing on when to go down into that butterfly, and he stays tall. Despite being only five foot ten. he stays tall and square, and he just kind of lifts that shoulder. And he's going to have to do that. I mean, Lukanen, for instance, on that save, he doesn't have to move. He could just it'll hit him. Levi's got to kind of, you know, move it up like that, but he's very quick with it. He's very instinctual with it. Um, and I thought it was a good save to show off Levi a little bit, how he'll make up for not having that size is that quick twitch that he had on that shoulder save on Capo Caco. Now the big save he had on Capo Caco is save number three that Levi had that I picked out the, the, this is the number one save that he had on the night diving across. This is the one where all the, the crowd is chanting Levi's name. Super cool moment. And Levi pushes off on, it's a, it's like, what is it? A three on two. It's not quite a two on one, but to an open shooter across the ice. And Levi pushes off with his right skate and gets over to the left in time to cover a lot of ground and a lot of space. And he makes the save. I think it's with the bottom of his glove and then it drops down in front of him and he covers it. But if you watch the way he's positioned when he moves from right to left, his glove is taped to his pad, taped to his pad. It, it's really, I think this one kind of goes to show not only the athleticism, which is the thing that jumps off the page on this save, but the thing that jumps off the page to me is how, how smart he is and how technically sound he is. What you're trying to do there is keep your glove taped to your pad. You're not giving that space in between your glove and your, and your pad to get through you. And Levi, I mean, he's got it right there on top of his pad. And he, it, the, the puck hits the bottom of his glove, and there's nowhere for it to go. Sometimes if, you're, if your arm's up in the air and it hits the bottom of your glove, it'll still bounce its way in. But because he is right where he's supposed to be positionally, 
uh, even in that situation where he's kind of scrambling, the glove being right up against the the pad um, made a big difference, and I think helped make him get him the save in that moment. Uh, the fourth save that I picked out from Levi's game. This is Jimmy VC on the post. Levi very strong. He sticks his skate out and he kind of sticks it into the post and the puck is laying there. VC's trying to shovel it in and Levi just doesn't budge. That was one where I thought, you know, a, a situation like that, a lot of times what will happen is the shooter will get the puck into the net. Sometimes he'll have to push the goalie's pad in and, you know, NHL refs, you got to leave it in their, their court at that point, put the ball in their court. They're either going to, you know, call goaltender interference because you shove the pad in or they're just not going to call it. And Levi, though, doesn't matter. You never get to that point because his pad is so strong on that post. It was not budging. It was not budging whatsoever. And in turn, he was giving no room for Jimmy VC to put that puck into the net. Um, the fifth save that I picked out here, Artemi Panarin late in the third period. This, to me, was my favorite save. Um, this was one where if you watch it back, and Chad Dienemann has just tweeted this out. I retweeted it on my Twitter profile uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports. Panarin comes out um, into the slot, and Levi, who's got two bodies in front of him, he's got Yoki Haru and he's got a Ranger. He's got to track where this puck is. He's got to fight through traffic to figure out where this puck is. But because he is so, I mean, he goes like a little shuffle, little left to right, right to left, like back and forth real quick to get square to Panarin because he finds the puck. Now, he's got to do a good job of tracking it, and that's maybe the number one thing that's on display here is his tracking ability and being able to fight through traffic the way he does. But he's able to do it because he's just shuffling back and forth. He's like a, he's like a, a, a scat back in football where like the little shuffle, the Sean McCoy used to do that. Tyreek Hill does that like that. That's almost like what Levi looked like he was doing with his feet where he's going cutting back and forth. And then he sees the puck just in time and he shoots out at Le- at Panarin. I mean, it is technically speaking so perfect. This save that he has at the one thirty mark of the third period, there's one thirty to go in the game. He finds the puck. And not only does he go over to that side where Panarin is, he attacks out onto the the top of his of his crease. If you see where he where he first sees where the puck is, he's basically on the goal line. And when he makes the save, he's out on top of his of his blue ice, almost actually almost entirely in front of it. Um, he comes way out to challenge. And sure, throughout his career, there'll be times where that might frustrate you because there will be times where if the puck gets behind him, he's going to be way out on top of his crease and it's going to be a tap in. But more times than not. He's going to make saves other guys won't make, especially on this team, because he's out there. He's attacking, and he's a very aggressive uh, goalie when it comes to his angles. And then finally, the last save I picked out from Devin Levi in this game is in overtime. Uh, This is the last time the Rangers touch the puck. Um, Artemi Panarin takes a high shot, or takes a shot high off the mask, and Levi kind of hits it with the side of his mask, it looked like, but also his glove, and... This is where his awareness was on display. You know, he knows the situation. It's three on three, of course. But also, he knows where the puck is. It hits him high, but he's not scrambling to find it after. He knows right where it is. And that way, he's able to kind of put his paw, his uh, his you know glove right down on it. He's able to get it to Dylan Cousins like within a, within a microsecond. Because if he hesitates at all, or it takes him even a hundredth of a second 
to find where this puck is. He's going to either have to cover the puck for a faceoff or he's going to turn it over. But because he finds where it is so quick, because he was aware in this moment, he's able to get it to Cousins and the Sabres build up on that. And eventually Jeff Skinner scores the goal and then gives the awesome celebration of the point down to the other end of the ice to Devin Levi for his first NHL win. So a lot of great saves by Levi in this game. Uh, A lot of skills on display. I came away thoroughly impressed. We'll talk about a little bit when we come back how many more games he should play uh, as there are now eight remaining after we saw game number one. So we'll talk about that and also a couple other things from the game, including one line that I was just blown away with how good they looked from beginning to end. That's coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, where we are in the final portion of the college basketball tournament into uh, the semifinals, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That is because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet back up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything, whether it is Florida Atlantic, whether it is, you know, you want to bet one of these teams to win it all right now, win both games. Or if you want to bet on the Sabres tonight, I'll have my sneaky good bets coming a little bit later on with a couple of uh, anytime goal score bets that I really like. You can bet on that. You can bet on goalie props and more. Uh, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's all on the app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot. Add a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. The Sabres get the win 3-2 to two in overtime over the New York Rangers, which means... They are closing the gap a little bit on the playoffs. It's very unlikely still, but they are five points back with eight games to go. Pittsburgh has seven games to go. So one line that I was thoroughly blown away with in this game was Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka, and Jack Quinn. Now, the numbers back that up. Shot attempts when those three were on the ice. 19 at 5 on 5. 19 for the Sabres. 11 for the Rangers. Uh, Scoring chances when those three were out there. 11 for the Sabres. 7 for the Rangers. High danger chances were 6 to 2. And, of course, they had the goal by J.J. Paterka. Some good work all around. Paterka actually took a, a sandwich hit between two Rangers, fought through it, got the puck over to Quinn. He got it to... Cousins, who then put a uh, no-look backhand pass over to Paterka, who still had a guy draped all over him and was able to muscle his way into the spot to get that into the net. So a great job by those three. Uh, that line is really coming on strong at the end of the season. Paterka has been a lot better, of course, as of late. I'll have a little more on him with sneaky good bets. Uh, Jack Quinn has been a lot better. He is very, He is close to breaking through. Two different times in this game, I thought, oh, he's got it. He's going to score. Those li- that little toe drag back into the high slot, and then he just rips a wrist shot. Um, he is flirting with with danger a lot. I think he's going to he's going to break through, even before the end of the season, uh, Jack Quinn. So that line was great. I thought Jordan Greenway had a really nice game in his return to the lineup after being out a couple of games with injury. Uh, and, of course, that's not just because, but he does – get the goal um, where he's shielding off the defender, showing his physicality on display, and he's able to shovel it into the net with one hand. A really uh, good play from him. 
Um, his numbers weren't too bad in this game. They were better than they've been. He was at a 47% for Corsi four um, expected goals, four percentage of what were we looking at for Jordan Greenway uh, 47.3%. So yeah, he, he was fine in this game. Not great, but I thought he was better than he had been. Um, but all in all, you know, a, a good game. The shots were exactly the same 34 or 34 to 33. Um, I thought it was 34, 34, but it, it did end up being 34, 33. Um, and, you know, Jeff Skinner on the three-on-three three with a really nice play. Skinner, Skinner's always an interesting one in three-on-three three because he's not – he doesn't play the way coaches usually like him to. Now, maybe Granado threw him out there because he knew he was fired up. There was a no call late in the third period where he slammed his stick on the ice, and he looked like he was fired up the rest of the game. So I do like that he put Skinner out there. There's be- There's benefit to it, and there is consequence to it. The benefit is what happened. Skinner will take some chances. He will try to cut through two guys and get to the net and score. And it worked, right? He, he did it. He cut through two guys. He kept the puck in his feet, and he was able to lift it and get it out past Yaroslav Halak, and he gets the winner. The The downside, of course, to a player of that style in a three-on-three overtime is there are going to be more turnovers. And when there are more turnovers, that means odd man rush is going back the other way. That means less possession. And typically, that's not the way NHL teams like to play it. But... Very cool goal by Skinner, and then the celebration of point right at Devin Levi down at the end of the other end of the ice. So on the overall, I thought it was a good game from the Sabres. They played pretty evenly with the New York Rangers uh, by all you know accounts and by all numbers. They were right there with them, a, a, a star-studded team. Um, and without Tage Thompson still, who was dealing with an injury, he is you know, not likely to play against the Flyers, but maybe. He hasn't been ruled out. Um, Without the benefit of having one top line, I guess Cousins' line did show up and be that line uh, on Friday night. They were able to play right there with a great team. And it's why that even though they're on their way towards probably missing the playoffs, that um, fans are still feeling pretty hopeful about the future. And that's not just because Devin Levi showing up at the end of the season here, although that that, uh, certainly helps. All right, quickly before we get to Sabres and Flyers, what about Levi going forward? Now, he's not going to play against the Flyers, right? He's not going to play back-to-back. It'd be stunning. I don't think that's happened all year, uh, back-to-back nights. Most teams don't do that anyway. What What about Tuesday, though? I mean, should it be that crazy that they just play the hot hand and it's a big game at the Florida Panthers? The Sabres could still very well be alive in the race, and they're trying to chase down Florida. They're four points back with two games in hand. So a win there could really sway your your math against the Panthers. That the the Penguins drop off. You could still be in it. Um, Levi was phenomenal. And Lukanen's been streaky. And Comrie's been streaky, to say the least. And Anderson has actually been dealing with a minor injury. And, of course, with his age, you know, I, maybe they just sit him the rest of the way. My guess, total guess, would be Levi plays Tuesday. I think Levi's going to play Tuesday. By the way, if you want it, Sort of a revenge game. The Panthers, of course, trading Levi away uh, in the Sam Reinhardt deal. I, oh man, I think I'd want to guess that it's that it's Levi. I think I'd want to guess Lukanen plays against the Flyers and Levi gets the Tuesday game against the Panthers, and then Thursday against the Red Wings. Man, it's so tough when they have four goalies. You just it's so hard to judge it. Um, 
Lukanen, then Levi. If one of them plays great, that guy gets the Thursday game. If neither plays great, then I think Comrie goes back in. But again, that's a total guess uh, when it comes to how Don Granado is going to operate with his goaltenders. All right, when we come back, Sabres and Flyers. I've got a couple notes about tonight's game, uh, and I've got sneaky good bets on the way for you coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Thanks for making Locked on Sabres your first listen every day. We're back and we're ready to talk Sabres and Flyers. It is a big game for the Sabres to stay alive, as every game will be down the stretch here, that they're still alive because any loss now, it, it could feel like it's over right then and there. Like they they might have to win. They have eight games left. They might have to win. They have six, one, and one to have a real shot at this. Um, so they can't drop any points, especially not to this team. Now, the Flyers, interestingly enough, Sabres have not gotten a point against the Flyers this year. They've only played two games, but 0-2. Two regulation losses where they both looked like, you know, way in the favor of the Flyers. They have not had an answer for John Tortorella. Tortorella, by the way, did something interesting the other day. He, I don't know if I've ever seen a coach do this. He took a game off, and he sat up in the press box with, or in the one of the suites, with Danny Briere, the new Flyers interim general manager, to get a different, you know, to get a different, um, angle on on you know what's what's happening a uh, different vantage point and to watch the game with the interim gm get you know kind of watch the game with him and kind of go back and forth on it. i thought that was kind of cool actually that tortorella did that and he also wanted to see what the assistant coach would look like um you know running the bench i don't know if Torrell's gonna be back there he doesn't strike me as the danny briere type of coach but maybe but anyways oh and two against the flyers you can't drop another one i mean that'll be part that'll be there are gonna be a lot of ways after the season if they miss to say, well, if they would have just done this, they would have been in the playoffs. One of those is going to be if Matias Samuelson had just stayed healthy. And there he is, by the way, back in the lineup against the Rangers. And oh, look, a win. Not a surprise. If Matias Samuelson had stayed healthy all year, they would have made the playoffs. You'll be able to say that. If they would have just beat Columbus and Arizona and Chicago, three teams that, that were like bottom of the standings, they just beat three of the worst teams in hockey. They would have been in the playoffs. The other, One of the other things you'll be able to say if they don't win this game against the Flyers, especially, is if they had just beat Philly, a bad team that is not going to reach 80 points and is 12 points below you. If you just beat Philly, be in the playoffs. In this game, you can't drop. Because not only is it the Flyers, it is also another backup goaltender. Carter Hart not playing. It will be Felix Sandstrom, who has an 887 save percentage on the season, only a 33% quality start percentage. It is a very... Very good-looking matchup against a backup goaltender in Felix Sandstrom. So the Sabres need to get this win, um, and we'll see if Tage Thompson plays. I'm pessimistic. He has not practiced all week. He did not play Friday against the Rangers, but, you know, Granado said there is a chance. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. And honestly, they're still hanging around. If the Sabres win tonight, there's a, there is an outcome where the Sabres could be three points back at the end of Saturday night with a game in hand still. And that doesn't sound too shabby. That sounds like you're still in it. Now, for that to happen, you need at least one very unlikely thing to happen. And then two other things that are very possible. One, you need the Sabres to be the Flyers. Okay, that's step one. Two, you need the Bruins to win in Pittsburgh. That's not crazy at all. The Bruins, of course, are having the greatest regular season maybe we've ever seen, and they're chasing history. So Bruins to beat the Penguins, not crazy. The third thing you need, but, and by the way, you just get those two things. You're at least three points back of the Penguins with one game in hand. But the third thing you need to be three points out of the playoffs 
You need Florida to lose to Columbus. Not holding my breath about that, but could happen. In fact, the odds at our partners at FanDuel for that game, Florida is minus 267 to win that game. So a very, very favored Florida Panther team at 7 o'clock against the Blue Jackets. So you're rooting for the Blue Jackets. You're rooting for the Bruins, and you are, of course, rooting for the Sabres. And there is an outcome out there where they're three points back with a game in hand. And either way, by the way, they could be – what are they right now? They are four points back of the Panthers with two games in hand. So even if they're four points out, if the Sabres win and Florida wins, no. Sunday morning you wake up and, hey, they're only four points out of a playoff spot and they have two games in hand. Win those two games in hand, you're tied for a playoff spot. There, there are going to be a lot of positive ways to look at it uh, on Sunday morning, but only if you get the Sabres to beat the Flyers and, you know, only you get the Penguins to lose to Boston. Get Those two things are the most important, uh, especially since you have that head-to-head with Florida. If you beat Florida, you control your own destiny. So th- this is not over. It's not likely. In fact, I don't even want to look at their odds because I know they're in the single digits. I'm trying to stay optimistic about it because um, I, I could tell you, Without looking, I bet their odds are lower than 5%. But if you break down the standings in different ways, and okay, they win this game, those, like there are ways that they could get back in it, before, even with only eight games to go. So that's it. No news on tonight's lineup other than Thompson. We're just waiting on that. I don't think the Sabres are going to practice on Saturday morning. They're not scheduled to. So uh, we'll have to just, the only thing we're waiting on is Thompson uh, in terms of lineup. Otherwise, everything I would expect to be uh, exactly the same from Friday night. All right, uh, before we get out of here, time for Sneaky Good Bets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, and that's where we get all of our odds is at FanDuel. And we will begin with the over in Sabres versus Flyers. Over six and a half goals. Yes, you have to eat a little bit at minus 138. So for you non-betters out there, that would be betting $138 to win 100. Now you can, of course, you know, bet whatever amount you want. If you want to bet... to win a dollar, you can do that. Uh, But that's the odds. Minus 138 for the Sabres and Flyers at over six and a half goals. Um, Sabres, of course, have been an over team all year. They are well above 500 when it comes to the over versus the under. Um, And the Flyers are starting a backup goaltender tonight that I think is very gettable. And the Sabres are going to be going with a non-Devin Levi goalie. And I think that could create its own opportunity for more goals. Um, so I think you're going to get over six and a half goals. The Flyers have scored four or more on each of those two games they played the Sabres. So the Sabres have to kind of do their business uh, in this game. And that's easier said than done. Tortorella's had their number, but I think they'll get there. And a lot of the money um, is on, excuse me, a lot of the handle is on the over. So more bets are coming in on the under. More of the money is coming in on the over. So I want to be on the over on this one. Uh, I got two anytime goal scorer bets at the exact same odds. First, Casey Middlestat, anytime goal scorer at plus 420. Now, these odds are long shot odds. I mean, Middlestat ranks below Darlene and, you know, Wade Allison on the Flyers and um, Victor Olison, Jack Quinn. Victor Olison's plus 240. Jack Quinn's plus 270. Uh, way behind guys like that. So I'm going with Middlestat because I think he's probably going to be the top line center again. My guess is Thompson won't play. It's a pure guess, but Middlestat centering the top line of, of Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner. I mean, I think just being between those two, he could luck his way into a goal. Um, so I'm going Middlestat plus 420, and then I'm, I'm riding that Paterka train. I've been riding it for a while here, and he is playing awesome. 
but his odds have not changed. That's the thing. I, I hate to be betting the same thing every game, but the odds aren't changing. And he's clearly playing way better down the stretch than he was in the middle portion of the season. Cousins and Quinn are playing great with him still. And I would like to bet Jack Quinn. Quinn's getting all these opportunities, these wrist shots from the slot. But Jack Quinn, his odds are plus 270. Paterka's plus 420. I'm going Paterka all day of the week. Uh, until those odds change, I'm riding Paterka. His odds are, you know, about the same as... Tyson Jost and Peyton Krebs and only a little bit above Zemgus Gergensen's who's at plus 500. Um, I mean, he's way more likely than to me, those guys to score goals. I mean, he's playing on the second line at the moment. He's getting power play minutes. He's playing great. He looks fast. He looks spry. He's confident. I'm going Paterka. Anytime goal score plus 420 middle stat. Anytime goal score plus 420 and the Sabres flyers over at over six and a half goals. All right, and that is going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, hopefully the Sabres have a win over the Flyers and we can talk more about it and more about a legitimate playoff race. There are outcomes that can be three points back, and let's hope that happens uh, after Saturday night. So go Sabres, go Blue Jackets, and go Bruins. As tough as that last one was to say. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now go make your next listen. Locked on game to game. Locked on game to game. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Covering every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NHL. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.